Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Keith Williams here with the Skill Stadium podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 68. Today's subject is going to be careers in construction. We're going to be talking about the great opportunities in construction. My guest today grew up all over the U.S., but considers Tennessee his home. He grew up in a family in the construction industry. He currently has a role as a project industrial construction, and he's been doing this for 23 years. A lot of experience there. What makes him really good at his job is his ability to find gaps and weaknesses and find ways to improve that business. Now, he has worked in construction for a number of years, and what he's very proud of, the most recent accomplishment, is getting his pilot's license. And during his free time, he likes to lift heavy things, travel, and do things that push him out of his comfort zone. Please welcome to the Skill Stadium podcast, Nate Robinson. How are you this morning, Nate? Hey, I'm great, Keith. How about yourself? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Want to say how Nate and I connected. Really through LinkedIn, I was interviewing a friend of his, Brian Brogan, and Brian suggested that I um, talk with Nate. So the power of these social platforms like LinkedIn are just amazing. And uh, Nate, I'm kind of fascinated about the whole pilot license thing. Is this something you've always wanted to do as a young person? You know, because that is a challenge. That's something that takes you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Keith, it's something that I really wanted to do for a while. And, you know, I just always made excuses of, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. And so uh, last year, kind of the pandemic put things in perspective for me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do three things next year that scare me. And uh, so, so this is one of them. And, um, Pretty excited about it. It's been a been a fun adventure. And actually, you mentioned uh, Brian Brogan ear- earlier. He's actually the one that kind of inspired me to take the leap, if you will. So um, that kind of brings everything full circle. Definitely. I think you have to live a life with no regrets. You know, there'll, there'll come a time where you might not be able to do something like that. And you don't want to have regrets that you didn't do the things you wanted to do in life. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I don't know if you've ever done this, but uh, if you've ever been around people who are older, you know, seventies and eighties, and you talk to them, one of the things that they talk about is they talk about the things they wish they'd done. Mm. And I've done that. And that's very powerful. Talk to somebody who has regrets or they can't change their lives. Well, and it, it puts it in perspective. Keith is as the, how meaningful life is and, and how little our time is and, and how much we should we should take advantage of the time that we're given, which is which your podcast and, and other podcasts out there really kind of help add value at that level and and you know bring things to to younger folks that will be listening that and add a lot of value to their lives earlier so they can they can take advantage of of our lessons, right? So definitely just a just a really good way to do that. Definitely. Talk to me about Nate What's your role at Ames Construction? What do you do? Sure. Well, I I don't want to confuse title with what I do, so I I won't mention title. But my main goal at my day-to-day job is to make sure that our project teams are successful. They have the tools in place. They have 
the people and the skills in place to go out and execute contracts for our clients and and be successful and and make money. I mean that's that's why we do it. So my goal is is really even though I have an executive level position with the company, I see my goal is to break down barriers for my team. You know, make sure that I'm supporting them. If there's issues with the client, it, it's easier for me to be that bad guy because they have the day to day working relationship, right? So I, I see my job is is really full time job to make sure that my team's successful. That makes sense. That and that you know that's the true definition of leadership is understanding that your success is based on what your team does, how they perform. And so, yeah, you're right, Keith. And it's, it's the hardest part about being a leader is realizing that you can't do it all. So you start to realize how incapable you are. And, and so, you know, I spend a lot of my time during the week looking for what's that next level of talent uh, what skill sets do they need? How do we grow this person over the next three to five years to support our plan for growth as a business? But, but ultimately, their their career goals, right? So they've got to benefit from that as well. Yeah, definitely in the people business is what you're in. Yes. So why did you decide to pursue this profession? And what do you enjoy most about it? Because, you know, you didn't start in this where you are now evolved to this position. You worked sure. hard and you, you earned it. Sure. Um, I mean, Keith, my, my whole family's in the industrial construction business. All of even my ancestors, as they came across from, from Europe, were welders and in the shipyards and pipe fitters and steam fitters. So very blue collar background. And I didn't choose construction. It, it chose me, right? And I was always fascinated by seeing all types of projects being built. And, you know, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I, uh, so I started, you know, earlier in my career in a fab shop, I think, as you mentioned earlier, and, and, you know, it just kind of developed and, and grew from there. I, I never had plans or aspirations of being able to have accomplished what I have in my career. Excellent. Excellent. So what do you enjoy the most about the work that you're doing? It's an exciting business. It's never the same day to day. The challenges are always new. I've been doing this 20 plus years and, and, you know, just when you think you've seen it all, uh, something else changes. Um, sure. It's very dynamic. But the thing that I like most about it is engaging with our project teams and seeing people take on new challenges and tackle those, right? And so those things are all really exciting to me because it's all based on people. It's all based on people's ability to kind of get out of their own way and choose to do the hard things and be successful. Definitely. Definitely. You know, there people sometimes have a perception of careers in construction as being all manual work, work that you do outdoors. Can you share some of the careers paths that are available for people who want to go down this avenue that might not necessarily be what they think in terms of construction? Oh, sure. Yeah. Great, great question, Keith. So yeah, I mean, the in any type industry that someone is, is interested in, construction has a place for you. If you like computers and, and software, there's a place for you in construction. If you like numbers and accounting and spreadsheets, my personal favorite, yep. there, there's there's a place for you. And because we, we need all of those things, right? Each of our projects, Keith, act as as its own mini company, right? So you have you have bills to pay, you have payroll to do, you have 
money that you need to get from your client, which we call accounts receivable. And then there's all the IT that supports that. And, and the nice thing about construction, construction has been kind of on the back end of, of the technology boom, but we're, we're slowly catching up. And so there is so much technology in the construction business right now. It's, it's really, really astonishing. And I'll give you an example. We're, we're building a large solar project in, in Indiana, one of their first large scale solar projects and 270 megawatt, about enough power for 90,000 homes. And uh, one of our young field engineers took it upon themselves to find this piece of technology to help scan in all the modules so that we knew each row that each module was on and the client could then have oversight as to how those modules were performing. And you could tie that back to how they were made. So there's so much technology out there. A lot of our topo and survey information is now taken with drones through photogrammetry. So there's a lot of opportunity for folks just outside of, I want to turn wrenches and I want to climb iron and I want to operate a crane, right? There's a lot of opportunity there. I also believe that as technology becomes more prevalent in your industry, it's creating other jobs. Because you mentioned that the drones, you know, checking out the, you know, being able to take video or pictures, somebody has to operate that. So it's creating jobs, I'm sure, or it's changing people's job descriptions. A little bit, yeah. So I'll put it in perspective uh, with another example. We have in, in the solar business, we have these pile driving machines. You may have seen them on the side of the interstate driving post for guardrail. Um, yes, I've seen that. So those pile driving machines have survey equipment on them with a GPS point for every single post that we drive. Oh, and, wow. and, and so that machine will actually track to that location and a guy will pick up the post and the machine will attach onto it and drive that post right at that X, Y, and Z dimension using survey equipment. That's not, that's fairly new to the industry within the last several years, right? So there are also you know, other construction companies out there experimenting with autonomous vehicles for really mundane tasks like material movement, cleaning out box culverts in a highway, just, you know, stuff that has been no one really wanted to do before, but it was kind of sure. a necessary evil, right? Yes. It also makes you guys more efficient. Like people shouldn't see that as a threat to their job because sure. if you're somebody who's keeping your skill sets up, they're not paying you to move stuff around. They're paying you to to use your skills. That, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So speaking of skills, you know, we have a skills gap. How is that affecting the current construction industry? Because everyone I talk to in the skill trades is like, we need more people. The older generation is retiring. We're not filling enough of these jobs. What are you seeing? You've been in this industry for a couple of years, for a number of years. Yeah. And that's very true, Keith. There is a skills gap. There has been, I think there's a couple reasons, and I have some theories. I won't share all my theories with you because they're based on my uh, my own fears and beliefs. But, you know, I think that there is, construction has had the benefit of a large boom over the last, say, 20 years, right? Yes. And, and there's been some um, sags in, in that curve. But overall, it's it's been an upward trajectory of growth, especially in the infrastructure markets. And in the renewables business, which is how I earn my money. And so from that perspective, there hasn't been 
the timing key to put together these these training programs and I'll I'll kind of date myself a little bit when I started my career it was very commonplace for a journeyman worker to take his apprentice and show him things and skills and different things and tricks that he's learned over the years that time does not exist on projects anymore and people's appetite to learn that kind of stuff has has also not grown with the industry so i think that there i think that's coming back around i think there is an appetite for for more folks that want to take on blue collar you know jobs and craftsman trades and and that sort of thing where you really have a skill set but you know i i think that to get to that point that's we're we're still a ways out from that okay yeah I, and you know i think some of this is just getting you know people to realize that there are viable careers in construction and in the skilled trades. It's just, you know, there's always been a push for college. And so it's just getting people to understand, Hey, here are some opportunities. Just move away from, I guess, stereotypes that people have. And that's another reason why I do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, Keith. I mean, you know, just in terms of, of the amount of money that a young person can make in the trades or in construction is there's quite a bit of money. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to get into, you know, talking rates and that sort of thing, but you know, I know several 25 year olds that are making six figures. Yep. I'm not surprised. It's easily done. And all it requires is you show up every day and you put in the work. So yeah, that's and and learn a trade and along the way you have, have a good skill set. Yeah. The other thing too, that a lot of people, especially I, I tell young people, this is, you have the ability to just go work anywhere in the country. You know, like I, I never understood people who were afraid to just, especially when they're young, to to be able to go someplace else other than where they grew up. You know, I've always been of the mindset where if you go somewhere else and you don't like it, come back. <laughs> you know, but you know, we have a wonderful country. There's a lot, there's a lot of <laughs> beautiful places to see in this country beyond your little neighborhood of where you grew up. Yeah, and I, I think it gives you a richer perspective on life and on people too, Keith. I think it, yes. you know, just getting outside your comfort zone, as as you kind of mentioned in my intro, yes. that's that's yes. why I like to do those kind of things, right? It it gives you an understanding of other people's perspective. It makes you more well rounded. It gives you a logical uh, sense of thought, and it's not just about your own ego, but it's about you know, hey, I've you know, people aren't just a certain stereotype because of where they live, you know, exactly. there, there's good people wherever you go. And it's, and it's finding that and, and applying those lessons to your life. So yeah, lot, yeah, lots of, lots of good benefits from traveling with construction. Definitely. I think the biggest thing that I would say is how do we get parents and educators? Because those, I think those, those two groups of people are the biggest influence on our students and young people. It's how do you get that group how do you think we're going to get that group to understand the opportunities and constructions and the skill trades? Yeah, that's that's a tough question, actually. I, you know, I think, you know, as I said earlier, I, I think that there is this wave of interest in in trades and construction jobs and, and jobs that in occupations that you have a skill set. I, I think that is kind of coming back around. I've not seen a, a period in history that similar to where we're at. So I, I don't really know where it's going to end up. But your question was, how do we get parents and 
and influencers interested in that. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I think that's going to be incumbent upon folks like me and you to help do that and, and be that right. Yes. And because I, I don't think people really understand what's, what's possible out there in, in the trades or in construction. So it, it's going to be up to, to other folks to, to kind of raise that banner, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, uh, Nate. Like I'll, I'll tell you, I think the, I sympathize with the educators. I used to be a little tough on them and saying, why aren't they getting it? But educators know what they know. Like if, They've done a certain job and their job is to teach kids and it's important. So they're not thinking beyond the classroom. They're thinking about, here's my job. I got to teach and educate these kids. Once they move on, that's not really my job. But I think some educators are getting it where they're partnering with um, groups that promote the trades or I would say apprentice programs. And those are the those are the educators that are starting to get it because they care about after these kids are finished high school, we want them to be able to you know, have a career where they can support themselves. Everybody's not going to college. And I think some of the educators are starting to get that. And I think, I think it's just building educators that are willing to humble themselves and say, look, we don't know all the answers, but we do know that the business community is better equipped to help our students after they finish school. Well, and I think it's, it's also the responsibility of, of folks like myself that have benefited from construction to reach out to those schools and explain, hey, you know, let's let's work together on a on a trades program. I know Brian started a program there locally in his area. Yes, uh, he did. The ACE mentorship program. It's a fantastic program for any young person in in high school that wants to learn a trade and 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 develop their skill set. I mean, it, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, there's there's some good programs out there to to be able to do that. Definitely. Now. You came up at a time like me where social media wasn't really that prominent. It, it, it probably didn't exist. I know, you know, I, I came up in the mid nineties and how has social media affected your business in terms of branding, connecting with prospective employees and building new business relationships? Yeah. So from a branding, from a branding standpoint, why well, I, I think overall social media has made all of construction a little more connected, at least through the the illusion of connection, if you will. You know, there's I've got a thousand plus LinkedIn connections, but I, I probably talk to twenty on the daily, right? So, yeah. But but I would say overall, from a branding and a and a marketing standpoint, there it is is really increased the profile of smaller companies. It's given them a foothold in the door to opportunities and access that only larger companies had had because they could afford the big marketing teams, right? Yes. Now, now this is a little bit more homegrown. And, and so, it, and it's, it's really given smaller subcontractors and vendors and contractors the opportunities that only, only big firms had had in previously. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it, it, you know, it, you think about how smaller companies now have made a niche for them and how they're able to reach so much more people. And so, yeah, it, it makes a big difference in terms of being able to connect with people. You mentioned LinkedIn. Is that one of your favorite platforms that you're on? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of preferences, but for, for business, I'm, I'm mainly on uh, LinkedIn. You know, I, I take a lot of good information from folks that share on there and, and, 
there's a lot of opportunities to to see how other people are doing things. It gives me a different perspective. And Instagram with their videos and reels has has really started to, at least with some of my, you know, my hobbies, has started to be a little bit more beneficial in terms of, you know, seeing what other companies have to offer and and that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there's so much information out there now. It's just a question of being able to weed through the most relevant information. That's where I find social media has really helped and connecting us to people we normally would not have been able to have connected with. I mean, I grew up in a time when I wanted to find people, I had to go on yellow pages. Sure. You, have to spend, you know, I can remember having to go to people's buildings and knock on doors. And so I came up in that generation where now I appreciate it. Like oh, I can find out so much more information before I reach out to people. And I think for guys like you and I, Nate, probably came up at a time where we went and shook people's hand and built relationships. This just enhances it. You know, this is just another way, because I don't think technology is going to replace that going, meeting somebody face to face, shaking hands and building those relationships. Yeah. I think it helps. I think it helps. That's how I see it. For for sure. And you mentioned yellow pages. I was actually uh, going through some paperwork this past weekend and I was looking through the mail and I they sent me a yellow pages in the wow. mail. <laughs> and I was like, who does this? What is, what is yes. this? <laughs> yeah. I immediately threw it away. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I want it, I'll just Google it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. to your point, I, I think the pros with social media also has some cons, right? And it's that lack of our interpersonal relationship. Yes. There's that facade, if you will, of, hey, this is me and this is my LinkedIn profile and, and that's all there is to me. And yes. everything's great and positive in every way. But, you know, I, I think for any any young folks listening out there, don't underestimate the value of a handwritten thank you card. Thank it you. Goes, it goes into the stratosphere in terms of what that means, right? And, yes. or, you know, just a note to tell someone that they're doing a good job or, you know, going up and shaking someone's hand, as you mentioned, uh, you know, that those touch points are, are worth 10,000 likes. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. I was joking with my, um, talked with my wife recently about how my son, who's now a teenager, I'm saying the thing that concerns me is they don't know how to, you know, when they start getting to the point where they're dating and getting into girls, I said, they don't understand how we had to, we didn't use an app. We had to go up and talk to a girl if we were interested. There's those interpersonal skill sets that no matter what technology or time goes by, you have to have that skill set. And so I just use that as an example because I think it, it plays, it aligns with what you said about the writing the note as opposed to an email, a personal note. You've got to be human. It's like when I see people reach out to me through LinkedIn and they don't personalize what they're doing, it's just generic. It, it just, I just ignore it for the most part because, you know, there are times where you, where even if it's somebody whose business I might be interested in, what I find is I'll ask them a question, right? So I'll say, hey, I have three questions and they won't even respond. Because they're not used to getting off the script. Right. And they forget they're dealing with the person. They're just blasting it out to everybody, you know, like the same sales pitch. But you have to be able to customize and understand your client. And I think that's where you're, where you're, um, that's the point that you're making in terms of just humanizing, being a human. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. 
Keith. Yeah. So let's talk about your company. What makes Ames Construction a good place to work? Ames Construction is actually a great place to work. And, you know, I've not been with the company very long, but there were several things that drew me to Ames Construction. And one is just the, is meeting the folks in the, in the company. I immediately got the sense that everyone there cared, which adds so much value to your life as an employee and, and ultimately your career. Ames, we are really growing. And so Ames Construction started in the, in the mid sixties as a civil and grading company. Uh, we now have offices in, in at least six states throughout the Midwest and, and the Southwest. Ames, and, and the, the Ames family saw the need for to grow into the renewables market. And so they started their solar business last year. And we've been taking on EPC or some folks will know it as design build type construction projects. And Ames and, and our partners, we will go through and we'll design the plant. We'll buy the material and we'll go out there and build everything. And so we now have we're now on our sixth or seventh project and, and we're signing up more now. So we're growing. There's tons of opportunity and it's a, it's a great place for a, a young person to come and be taken into a, a, a good atmosphere where you can, you can find mentors that will help you and, and teach you and help you grow. Excellent. Are you guys hiring now? Definitely are. We're always looking for good folks. We don't just hire based on job, right? We we hire looking for talent, and and that's what I think some folks miss, right? They they only hire when they've got jobs, and that's great, you know. But that's only good if you want to hire folks for that one job, right? We're we're looking to build a business and and ultimately a brand, and um, so so we're always looking for good talent, um, even if we don't have spots. We'll we'll make room on the bus, and then we'll find the right seat on the bus, right? I like that. Yeah, yep, that's how it works. Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's a ton of opportunity here at various levels, and you know, like I said earlier, if you like accounting, um, we're looking for a scheduler right now. You know, there's a ton of positions available at Ames, and so yes, to answer your question, Nate, I, I love the fact that you hire based on talent because whether there's a job or not. I look at that like a championship sports team. They have a team that's doing well, but a player becomes available that's a high caliber player. They're going after that player. Got to get it. <laughs> go make their team better. Right. So, so that's how I know you guys are a, a great company. Just that answer alone tells me because a lot of companies are tactical. They just wait till, hey, you know, we just need to replace this job. Whereas you guys look at, wow, this person is a high caliber person. I know they're going to bring value. So that's what you go after. That's right. So no, that's smart. That makes it. So tell me, what advice can you give to a job seeker for them to stand out, to make a good impression that will get them the attention of your organization? Great question. And, and it's a tough question. Some people stand out more than others, but I would say being yourself and being authentic to you, to yourself is probably the best way to stand out to any employer. And if you don't, and so when I say that, what I mean by that is being transparent about what your strengths and weaknesses are. I, I think a lot of companies have just gotten past uh, the resume hiring. We're just going to look at their resume and hire kind of scenario. 
I think a lot of people are really looking for, you know, like I said earlier, who's the ideal team player, right? And and that's people, do you understand how people work or, you know, and can you work with other people in a, in a team format? I think most people are kind of based in teams now. Do you have a, a can-do attitude? And do you show up every day and, and give it 100%? And I, I think those are the three attributes of an ideal team player, right, is finding someone that's that's teachable and, and coachable. That, those are the main things, I think, Keith, that, that makes a, uh, a job seeker stand out. That's true. Also, I believe that's probably entrenched in the culture of your company. And if you don't have those traits, you're, you're probably not going to be a fit for your company culture. Well, I, I'll tell you, we're, we're different in that. We're not very political. We challenge each other. Uh, matter of fact, I was, I overheard some field engineers talking. I, you know, I was sitting in another office. I was on one of our projects this week and, um, I overheard one of our field engineers say, you know, that's, that's really not the right attitude. You got to step it up here. And when, <laughs> when you work in an atmosphere like that, that makes you say, well, yeah. wow, maybe I need to step it up. So, yes. <laughs> but I, I think people want that level of transparency, yes. Keith. I, I think I people want that that little push instead of a pat on the back. Yes. Yes. I mean it's Nate, at the end of the day, Nate, it, it's it's candor. It's communication. And if you're communicating, you could solve you can resolve and solve just about anything. You know? That's right. And you know, I, I think it might have been Bryn Brown that said it, being clear is kind, right? And so, you know, I, I think while it may hurt when you're getting the feedback I think it hurts more when you don't get the feedback. Yes. Uh, Cause then you kind of have this, well, what's wrong with me kind of feeling. Right. And, and so really the, the tough conversations are, are really kind of what we challenge our team to have with each other and with our clients. We, we got to have those. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Can you share three resources that can help students who are interested in careers in construction? One to three. That they doesn't have to be sure. I, I would I would say outside of your podcast, of course, I would say that Thank the um, Association of General Contractors has some some really good resources out there. Also, the Southeast Construction Owners and and Users Roundtable they have some good resources for young folks. As a matter of fact, I think they even do tuition-based scholarships and that sort of thing. Nice. Those are two things that kind of come to mind in terms of uh, resources out there. And and then also just finding thought leaders that you like and you take interest in the things they have to say. I, I would say those would be three, three good resources for uh, students or anyone interested in a career in construction. Definitely. Well, Nate, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much. Wish you continued success and let's keep in touch and I wish you a wonderful day. Yeah, definitely, Keith. Appreciate the opportunity. It was great talking to you and just felt like a conversation with an old friend. So I appreciate uh, your attitude. I appreciate that, Nate. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.